Earn, Spend, Live presents Eavesdropping. Real women, real talk. Hey guys, it's Malianne Elise, and this week we're going to talk about lessons we learned from working retail and how they prepared us for our big girl jobs. Elise wrote that part. I object to the term big girl job. What would you say instead? The real world? Full-time office job. Professional job. Being girl bosses. Yeah. Because working retail is can be, for some people, a big girl job, whatever. But that aside, we'll get into that later. First, we're going to discuss Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. A year in the life because it has been out for like three days now. Five. I don't know how long. It's since Friday. Yeah, but this comes out on Wednesday. So five days? I don't know. It'll be like five days. (laughs) And then there are going to be spoilers, so... Yes, if you haven't watched it, fast forward or go... Just pause this and go watch it right now. All six hours. Yeah, please do. We're really only going to talk about it for like... (laughs) We've limited ourselves. Oh, yeah, I need to set my timer. Yes, Elise is literally going to set a timer because we know that if we don't limit ourselves, it will be the whole episode. So, like, skip ahead. Are we doing five or ten minutes? We're going to do ten minutes. Okay. Skip ahead 10 minutes. We should be done by then. And then we'll be talking about our retail jobs and then our real life jobs and then... Okay, the timer is starting. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, Gilmore Girls. going. Ah! Gilmore Girls. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I hated it. I loved it, but like I was telling Elise before we started recording, it could have basically been footage of a dumpster fire with Rory and Lorelai talking and I still would have been like... (laughs) Oh my god, this is amazing! The best thing ever! Because I just love TV. And you love Gilmore Girls. Yes, and I love Gilmore Girls. So, like, I love watching The Bachelor, I love watching The Bachelorette. I hate watching them, sure, but I don't, like, analyze them. And Gilmore Girls, I love so much more than any of those things. You don't analyze Gilmore Girls? I mean, I do, like, in a a conversation. Like, you like like, to talk about it. Yes, but, like, I could never sit down and just be like, this is all the reasons the revival Oh my god, I have. Because I literally hated it. Like, it was, like, torture to watch. I know that's awful. I'm a huge fan. I loved, like, there were really magical moments of it. What was your favorite moment? Um, Emily saying the word bullshit 10 million times oh. and telling off the DAR. Yes. That was, was the best. Okay, moment. so Emily's journey was hands down the, like, light at the end of the tunnel. Like, it she was the best. She definitely had the best. Yeah. And then Paris was also my other favorite. Paris didn't have a journey. Paris was just Paris. Well, no, I just mean she was like a shining moment. <laughs> yes, she was a she shining was star in like a dark. I can't remember the actress's name who plays her, but she's like so different than she L- was. Liza? Yeah, Liza something. Liza Minnelli. I don't know. <laughs> Liza something. Liza Geller. Um, but just she's like looking amazing. at her now versus mm-hmm. like all the I loved her more. Yes. I really did. She's a badass bitch. And I loved, I loved her whole fertility thing where she's mm-hmm. like super pushy and she's I didn't like, you don't want these bargain basement babes. I didn't expect her to be a fertility specialist, I didn't but I really either. liked it. And they were talking about how like she went to like school all these different times. And well, and someone like, was collected. like, you're literally, you're a lawyer and you're this and you're that. Like she has all these degrees. Yeah. But she was like, here's my empty briefcase. Right. That bathroom scene was everything. Also, the empty briefcase I loved because it reminded me of the whole imposter syndrome thing, mm-hmm. which we deal with every single day. Yeah. It was very realistic. I, yes, I super loved that because she's like, it's just your old high school. Like, mm-hmm. I would never, to be fair, we didn't go to private school. We went to public <laughs> school. I was like, I would never walk into my old high school and be like, oh my gosh, am I good enough? I would be like, um, I'm really awesome. I'm awesome. Y'all I've are done so still many babysitting and I have a podcast. <laughs> but we talked about in our last podcast how Paris has really been the most relatable character to us. Yeah. And I feel like it was still like that in the revival. 
Yeah. Because she's still, even though she's so successful, she has all these degrees, she has a lot of money, I'm assuming, she's still super insecure. Yeah, and super kind of unlikable, really. Yeah. Like, she still has all these problems. Yeah, I liked her. She's, yes, I agree. She still rocks. And Emily rocks. We love her. I just literally have so many feelings about all of this that it's just like, yes, uh, yes, uh. But yeah, Rory and, okay, Lorelai was fine. She was still Lorelai, but Rory was literal garbage. I didn't like Lorelai's weirdo eat, pray, love identity crisis. It wasn't eat, pray, love. It was wild. No, I mean like her whole thing where she was just like, am I happy? I don't know if I'm happy. I need to find myself. And then she did the wild, which she didn't even do it, but whatever. Yeah, she didn't even go hide. That was so dumb. But, like, I don't I don't understand how you get to a point. And maybe I will take this back when I am 40-whatever, however old she is. She's, like, 48, I 48, think. 48, yeah. Maybe I'll take it back when I get there. But I don't understand how you get to a point at that point in your life when you've already, like, achieved your dreams, you're in a great relationship, where you're just like, I don't know what to do. Help. Like, it was literally a midlife crisis. I, I actually kind of related to it. Really? I wouldn't actually go and try to hike because I, that wouldn't bring me any personal fulfillment. I hate hiking. Well, she doesn't even like the outdoors. That's what right. I was like. Why would you think this? Right. Is where you're well, then she literally yourself. goes on hill and has like an epiphany. Like that's not real. But I, I got it. Like feeling kind of lost and like even though you've achieved things, you don't feel fulfilled. Like, and I think she was kind of like, "What's wrong with me that I'm like." still unmarried and like yeah i don't know all right you and i have talked about this before her dad died yeah i mean it's understandable that's true i can see that causing some like a drift yeah like weirdness but we've talked about this before where we're just like i don't understand these people who are like seeking happiness or like trying to find themselves because we're like you're never gonna find yourself you're never gonna be quote-unquote happy like we're literally grouchy old men when it comes to that because i've heard (laughs) my dad say way too many times like you're never gonna know who you are you're never gonna like live out your dreams yeah you're never gonna be just like blissfully happy like there are happy moments you can have a happy life but like this idea of happy isn't a real thing so why would you go hiking looking for it that being said Rory's life was way too shitty. Oh, yeah. She wasn't happy at all. And it made me sad because we literally sat here and said, (laughs) we don't care if she ends up with one of the three guys. We just care that she's happy. Right. And she wasn't. She, like, sucks. Her whole... She didn't even have a career. Earlier we talked about how... We didn't think that was even realistic because she was so driven mm-hmm. and so passionate and so hardworking. It's not ca- in, on character for her. But I thought about it, and there are definitely articles about basically high achievers who just burn out. Like, you're... Yeah, but she had that moment in college, and then she went on the trail with Obama and was, like, I supposed totally to make magic happen. I really feel like she could do that again. Like, I think she could have that moment again. But I don't think it should have lasted 10 years, and I don't think she should have right. spiraled into a well, death Well, and that's spiral. what... So before we started the podcast, we were talking, because we're always talking about Gilmore Girls, and we were talking about how it's almost like the characters were frozen in time yes. for 10 years, because we never once heard about her success of her career. The only success they talk about is her one article on the New York Times. And Luke and Lorelai still weren't married with right. no real explanation. No explanation. And then... They never even talked about having kids. Who doesn't right. talk about having kids? And it's meant to be framed as like, Lorelai's so selfish, but really 10 years selfish? No. 
Yeah. Especially with I mean, April she is selfish, but also that's on him. Like, that's stupid to never once ask. And she's had dreams of having Luke's baby, like, in the original yeah, series. That's true. So, like, it would have come up. She wanted to have Luke's baby. Luke probably well, wanted to have Luke's baby. And also, just be adults and talk about it. So, yeah. I think they definitely would have talked about it. Yeah, and so that's that what seem I really in feel. In 10 years. Right. And I really feel like the creator of the show is. I feel like she's selfish, and I feel like she had this idea of, well, 10 years ago, this is how I wanted to end the show, and since I didn't get to, I'm going to end it like this anyway. And, like, the final four words, we're not going to tell you the final four words, because that's, like, a for real super spoiler, just in case you're listening anyway, but they would have fit better 10 years ago. Right. Yes. Because now it's just, like... Weird. You're a grown-ass woman. Like, Why didn't you... Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. This whole 30-something gang, that is sad. That's not funny. It's sad. It should right. have been the 20-something gang. Like, I can't imagine... I mean, barring some sort of legitimate crisis mm-hmm. that I will be moving back Well, but back I can even understand if she had had this amazing career and then she got in a rut and moved back home. That's realistic. Or she could have moved back home because Richard died. Or right. Or whatever. Or she just... Okay, so when it, I really thought that it was going to be just a career change. That she yeah. she fulfilled her dreams, but she wasn't happy, so she came back to be a teacher. We or all something. thought she was teaching, like yeah. from that one snippet. I thought it was confirmed that she was a teacher. I did too. And it never happened. No. That was disappointing. That was really crazy to me. I was glad she wasn't a teacher, but I wish she had had, like, a real anything else, especially yeah. because she enjoyed that day at Chilton or whatever. Yeah. I don't, it was. It was very, it left me, like, empty inside. Yeah, I didn't like, like, I didn't like Rory's story at all. No, at all. It was pretty upsetting. And they, I honestly feel like they wasted 50% of the time with meaningless shit that no one cares about. Like, Kirk. Kirk was in all four episodes, multiple scenes. No one cares about Kirk. Some of them were funny, like, driving her to They were funny, yeah. But it was a waste of time. The whole musical. The whole musical made no sense in the plot. None. It was just to showcase Sutton Foster. And the only thing I saw out of that was that it showed how unhappy Lorelai was. Because normally she would have been right. all about that crazy nonsense. But, like, all of those scenes, it took They could have had, like, a couple, Ugh. like, happy, dumb songs and then been like, oh, yeah, here's this, like, slow song and played it. And Lorelai could have cried and moved on. Like, done. Ten, like, five minutes. Ugh. But it yeah. was, like, three scenes. I didn't like that. And it, it was frustrating because there were so many storylines kind of packed in. Mm-hmm. Like, the random Mae Whitman cameo, which was cool. I like Mae Whitman. Yeah. She's awesome. But her cameo was just pointless. Like, it was all about the waiting in line piece. Yeah. Which gets us to our writer pet peeve. Oh, my God. This is what I hate the Guys. most about it. Okay. So, we are two or three years into our professional careers. Yep. And... Even we know that you never, you don't even go to a networking event without having a pitch or knowing how to sell yourself or having, I don't know, ideas. Literally ideas. I can come up with article ideas off the top of my head. Yes. You, like, say the word gum and I can give you 20 ideas. Yeah. Like, oh, and she walked in. So we get this a lot with Earn Spend Love. People will be like, we're working with someone and they'll be like, oh, how about this article idea? But it's totally not a fit for the site at right. all. Like, they have not looked at the website once. She didn't even look at the website before she went into the job interview, guys. Oh my God, our timer's going off, but like, no. we're gonna have to Timer, talk for like a little, bit, a little bit longer. Because, yes, you this can't really does anything. relate to like yes. our whole message, though. Like, you can't go in unprepped. You have to go in. And I feel like a part of that was just Rory was used to being handed everything. 
Like she died. But Yale, you've been in your career for ten yeah. years. If you've been in ten years, we already know that at two years in. Yeah. Like, how do you not know that? She literally, and then she got an attitude with the CEO of the company. Right. And, like, she burned a bridge. I mean, like, yeah, it was kind of crappy because the girl's been, like, chasing her down for two but years. But that's the real world. But, that's right. what happens. Like, you can't walk into an interview and be like, Oh, I've got this in the bag. They can kiss my feet. Right. Like, she it's she was, Rory was like, you wasted my time. And she was like, I'm the CEO. My time's more important. Yeah. That and whole thing the, just pissed me and off. And she blew that GQ piece just because she didn't want to write it. She didn't yes, because she thought it. it was boring. You know, you don't know You know what's boring? It? Being broke and not having underwear. You know what's really That's boring? boring? <laughs> Editing your hometown newspaper for yes, free. Yes, for free. For free. Oh, my God, I lost my shit at that moment when she was like, oh, I assumed it was free. And he was like, okay, let's go. No, you don't say that. I mean, it's a very Stars Hollow thing for him to be like, we're not paying the editor, but she should have at but least But she been should like, be a badass and she should know how to negotiate a salary. At least a stipend. Right. Like, surely the debt or the retired editor got a stipend? Like, yeah. That I, made no sense. Because he even said that it was profitable. So if it's still profitable, why would you not take a salary? <sighs> She's an idiot. Rory is a piece of shit. She needed to just, like, drink some more coffee and, like, I don't know. I... <sighs> Yeah, that was my main thing was, like, those kinds of things are acceptable when you're right out of college. Right. And I feel like that's how the creator wrote her character in the revival is, like, she's right out of college. And that's not acceptable when you're 32 and you're 10 years into your career. I don't know. I mean, I can't even think of 30s and things I know who are like that. Right. Like, you should have some drive and some passion right. and you can't just be like, all I want to do is write a book. And you, you don't even have to have all of your shit together. Right. You just have to know basic All things. you have to do is write that damn GQ piece that landed in your lap mm-hmm. because your lover's actually, dad called <laughs> in for you. Which actually, that leads us into today's like whole big podcast topic. Yes. Because we are firm believers that you have to work from the bottom to the top. Yep. You have to pay your dues. And you've got to know... We're all about hard work, and people will be like, millennials don't know how to work hard, but, like, if you catch me shitting on another millennial, it's because they're not working hard, but it's not yes. because all millennials don't work hard. We are the exception to the rule. The people who wake up and they're like, I'm going to write a novel when I'm 22, and we're like, no, and I'm not, not. going to have a job while I do it. I'm just going to sit at home and write a novel. Right. My sugar daddy can pay my way. Like That's you're not real. Life. You're not. You're. You need a job. I mean, maybe your parents will pay for you or whatever. But like that novel's probably not going to be that great because you're 22 and you haven't struggled. Right. You haven't paid your. There are obvious exceptions like child prodigies, whatever. <laughs> not talking about them. But for the most part, even they would be improved by a little bit of hard work. Yeah, I mean, honestly, even if your dad gives you a small loan of a million dollars, you can still become <laughs> president of the United States. <laughs> Without hard work. Counterpoint to that. (laughs) Y'all, as a kid, and this is going to be one of the most Southern things you're going to hear all day, but as a kid, my grandparents taught me, like, they got me out of the habit of ever saying that I was bored. Like, I, to this day, do not tell people that I am bored. Mm -hmm. It just, they ingrained it out of me. By every time I said I was bored, they sent me out in the backyard to pick up rocks (laughs) because it made it easier when palm mowed. So if I was like, I'm bored, they'd be like, all right, go pick up rocks. And I'm like, no, 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 I didn't mean it. They'd be like, you already said it. Go pick up the rocks. And I have to literally go pick up rocks until they were like, okay, we think you've learned your lesson. It's by far one of the most valuable lessons I've ever learned. I thought they were insane when I was younger, (laughs) but absolutely. Mine came from um, this really mean teacher that I hated. (laughs) 
And I, like, students would say they were bored. And I think I might have said it one time. And she goes, smart children are never bored. And that pissed me the fuck off. And so I never, ever again was like, I'm bored. I would find something to do. Boring people are bored. create something. Right. And that's what they always, they were like, boring people are bored. Yep. Cool. Cool, cool. It's very true. Okay, so what have we, so we both worked several retail jobs during college. So what have we learned? Well, y'all, we made a list, but it's still so much. I still firmly believe that like working retail is one of the best things I could have done. It yeah, I mean, it didn't, sucked. Yeah, like, it technically <laughs> didn't further my career. It wasn't But it taught you like, basic lessons. Yes. And we can tell when we are working with someone, especially, like, on another site, something like that, who hasn't worked that sort of crappy minimum wage. Yep. They haven't paid their dues. Right. Or even, like, I don't know. Just, you can just tell sometimes when someone's just, like, appeared in their full-time professional mm-hmm. job right out of college with no work. And you're like... Oof. Yeah. Woof. So I think the number one thing it teaches you is humility. Mm-hmm. Started from the bottom and now we're somewhere in the middle. Holla at the <laughs> middle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Nothing and we're totally skipping around. Like this is not how we write the outlines. Sorry guys. But like you never say the word that's not my job. Oh my god, yes. Like at Target. Never. I worked retail and I worked in the electronics department. And that was my first job aside from babysitting. And y'all, she's sitting over here burping every time. Why? Why does this to me? I wasn't gonna tell you, but whatever. Okay, so anyway, I worked at Target and literally we would find the most disgusting things someone would throw up. Ew. Target bathrooms are nasty. And sometimes we would be able to call like Technically, there were certain people who were supposed to clean up messes, but sometimes they were busy. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't always work out that the person whose job it is to clean up puke could actually go clean up puke. And you know what you can't do? Leave puke on the floor for 30 minutes until they get around to it. Like, you can't do that. So you just have to deal with it. Like, you mm-hmm. just have to clean it up. You have to put out fires. We have found dirty diapers in Ew. aisles. Like the cra- in aisles? In aisles. Ugh. Like, someone would change their baby on an end cap, and then they would just, like, leave the diaper. Ew. Which is insane. And so, like, I never got to be like, I'm not touching that. Sometimes you could, like, rope a coworker into it by being like, I'll buy you a Coke if you, like, throw this away. But you couldn't just be like, that's not my job. I'm leaving it there. Right. Like, you, Somebody else will do it eventually. Right. You have to do it. And one of my bosses, who I love, hated... <laughs> Love Don't hating. we love hate all of our bosses? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, except the ones you hate, hate. Yeah. Those are those are there too. But yeah, he would always say like, if you can lean, you can clean. What does that mean? Oh my god, it means if you have time to stand around and lean oh. up on a wall, you have time to clean. And sometimes I was like, I've literally cleaned everything in this area. And he's mm-hmm. like, but did you clean this? And I'd be like, no. He's like, go clean that. That sucks. I know. It was the equivalent. It was the work equivalent of go pick up rocks if you're bored. Yeah, I worked in like a tiny little boutique, and so I didn't have any of that. I was very. I mean, I worked retail, but I was I was a little spoiled because hardly ever, hardly anyone ever shopped there. <laughs> it was a wig shop, right? It was a wig shop, but it was. Um, so the owner of it had. She used to own Merle Norman, and so there was a lot mm. of like makeup and jewelry and stuff like that in addition to the wigs and purses that was why i first started working there because i love the purses <laughs> yeah 
Um, and then you wrote this on here. Versatility goes along with like yes. humility and you can't say that's not my job, but also right. you, you have, have to be flexible. Yeah. So working retail, I mean, you have to learn customer service. You have to learn um, scheduling. You have to learn time management. You have to learn how to like do math. Yeah. Like I had to like, when you close a store, you have to do all the math. And when you open it, you have to do all the math and... There's so many things. See, I never because Target do. was so big. I never had to do like the open or the closing, but I would have yeah. to do other stuff. Like, I had to know how to work the particular point of sale system mm-hmm. and our register. Yes, and I had to know how to work our little PDA that told us where stuff was in the back room and where it was on the floor. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn how to do all this other stuff. And you have to learn how to balance having multiple customers yes. wanting your attention. Oh my god, and that's really hard. That's so hard. And it's hard when there's people in the store who, like, are super obnoxious and you still have to be nice to them. And it's hard. I would have coworkers who would screw up, which, like... Yes. I mean, you I was to work not, on a team. I was totally not perfect, but I would end up with, like, the, a customer who was angry because I messed up never came in on my shift, right? They always come in the shift after or whatever. Like, they call in the morning and they're like, do you have Beauty and the Beast? And then the person who's working is like, yeah, we totally have that. Like, duh, it's on Blu-ray DVD. And then you come in to your 4 o'clock shift and you find out that Disney has pulled all of their Beauty and the Beast DVDs off because they're putting it in the vault. And there's a customer coming in because his five-year-old wants that for his birthday. Her birthday. And this is a true life story, if you couldn't tell. And then you have to frantically run around the store trying to find one that hasn't been shipped back yet because there's always one hidden somewhere. Like, no one's perfect. Something's hiding in, like, an Adele CD section. And I did. I found it. But it took, like, 20 minutes. And this customer was irate because someone had told him that morning, like... Absolutely, it's here. And the customer's always right. Yeah, which sucks. Oh, my God. Sometimes the customer is stupid. Yeah. My mom is, like, the prime example. She's a bitch <laughs> to people, and she's gotten people fired. Cause she, Are like, you serious? Yeah, because she oh gets so God. mad and just, like, throws a fit. And, like, but that's what you got to deal with. Yeah. They're always right. Even yeah. Even when they're wrong. You can never, if you want their business. When you're on that lower, like lower tier, you can't do anything about it. Like I would have people bring expired coupons, and they would be like, "This is the bright coupon or whatever." Like it's not expired, and I would have to call a manager. And sometimes the manager would be like, "No, we've dealt with them a yeah. billion times. They're actually awful. You can't take this coupon." That reminds me. That's one thing I noticed the other day. So Austin and I were at Target trying to find a Christmas tree, and they had a sign that was like. If you spend $100, you get $50 off. So we took that. There could be two ways you could take that. Either your $100 automatically turns to $50, or you spend $100 and you get a $50 gift card. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't specify. So we tracked someone down and asked them, and he was like, uh, and he like sat there and read the sign. And he was like, uh, I think it could go one of two ways, and told us the two ways that we already thought. So I was like, okay, thanks for all of your help. It's cool that you, like, know the sales going on. So then we found someone else who actually knew. But it's like, when you don't know the answer, the number one thing I learned is, um, I don't know, but I can find out for you. And you go ask someone who knows. You don't, like, guess. You might have to call, like, for example, at Target, we had someone who was the customer service team lead, basically. So they were, like, the customer service manager. So Mm -hmm. you could call up to them and be like, Hey, I don't know this sale. Do you know this sale? Yes. And if they don't know, they might call our like, corporate call center. And that kind of relates to like what we do now. Yes. We never ever say, "Huh, I don't know." Right. We Google shit. 
And the like, min- at minimum, it. we're like, I don't know, but... Let me check on that for you. Yes. Or, I don't know, but so-and-so was in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Like, and let the, me point you... Let me see right. them and point you in the right direction. Like, there's no just, I don't know. Fuck I don't know. It. That's not my job. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we're back to that's not my Those job. Those four words. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And working on a team, and oh my god, there's just so much. Like, honestly, I would say most of the things that I know that make me tolerable to work with, I learned mm-hmm. in retail. Yeah. Because our office well, is it's, awesome, but it's also very laid back. Yes, and I feel like it's not even just retail. It's any kind of, like, part-time job or, like, customer service job that you might have in college or high school that learn that teaches you fundamental lessons that yes. we view as common sense. Right. But we see people every day oh who don't have that same knowledge. And, right. like, it's infuriating. But you're, I hadn't even thought about it that way. Because yeah. we talked earlier about how, like, retail taught us common sense. But it is. Mm-hmm. It's these fundamental lessons about mm-hmm. the workplace and how you interact with people. And now it's common sense. It's yeah. common sense for someone who's had a job. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, I mean, there's people who didn't have a job in college. Yeah. I mean, I only had two. I feel like I was even more spoiled than most people, but I still learned I only things. had two. I just kept them for a really long time. Yeah, you worked at Target for a long time. I worked at Target, and then I worked for Target Mobile, which was, like, the cell phone sales. And our CEO really, like, values people who have worked in sales because it teaches you how to take a rejection. Because yes. you might call people, you might talk mm-hmm. to people. I would have customers come in, and they'd be like, yeah, totally, call me when you get this phone in stock. And I would call them, and they would never answer. Mm-hmm. Or they'd be like, I don't want that. Or yeah. that's not cheap enough. Or, like, people – and sometimes people were, like, straight up mean. They're yeah. like, I'm not buying that. And you're like, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like at the wig store, I would spend an hour with someone trying on 50 different wigs in the store, and then they'd walk out with nothing because they hate everything. Right. You have to go through that. And you just have to know, like, you might have helped them to the best of your ability, but sometimes people are still going to be like, nope, mm-hmm. bye. Well, and sometimes even those same people would come back later and be like, hey, do you have any new wigs in? Like, they'd come back because I did my job right. Right. So you have to learn that, too. Like, Yeah, don't burn bridges. Yeah, don't ever. Don't be like Rory Gilmore. <laughs> And get an attitude. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. And don't burn bridges. So one of our other notes is how to work with bosses that might suck. Yes. But you can't burn those oh bridges Oh, my either. God. Can I please tell my story? Yes. Okay, I hope she's not listening to this. She's but, not. So the boss at the wig store, um, I showed up to I worked there for like two years. A year and a half, two years. I don't remember. But I became the, uh, the assistant manager at one point. And I came into the store one morning to open it, and it was empty. And I literally started hyperventilating, freaking out. And I thought we were robbed. And I called her, and she didn't answer. Oh my god! Like the shelves were empty. Yes, every no, everything was gone. It was literally just floor and shelves. Like there was nothing there. There was no like computers or anything. And so I freaked out, and I called her. She didn't answer. I like called the other coworkers, and like no one answered because it was early in the morning. And finally, I get a text from her. And she had forgotten to tell me that she sold the business. <gasps> yeah. Forgotten my ass. Yes. She, and so then like a week later, I, I pretty much harassed her and I was like, I need my final paycheck. So finally she had me come to her house to get the paycheck. And like, she was sweet as day. Like, uh, and she like wrote me a special note on the paycheck and everything. And she was like, I hope we can keep in touch and blah, blah, blah. And I was just 
sweet as honey. I was like, oh, it was so nice working with you. Like, probably never going to talk to the woman again, but I didn't want to burn the bridge. Because you never know. You never, ever know. God, this sucks. I wish I had an example like, oh, then later, like, I was jobless <laughs> and she, like, told, she pointed me to someone else. But, like, no, I haven't talked to her. Yeah. But I'm so far, like, none of... Oh, I will say, this is actually a coworker, and this is something Elise and I talk about all the time, because who you know when you're younger really matters, and mm-hmm. how you treat those people. It does. Even, um, my grandpa was talking about someone, and, like, they had been a total jerk when they were younger, and then ten years later they want a job, and he's like, mm-mm, you were, yep. like, a total jerk. Yep. And we're like, that we've experienced people. that with people. Yeah, straight up. Like, you can't treat people like crap and then be like, yeah, I know, I'm totally great now. Yep. Um, but I had a coworker when I worked at Target, and she moved over to Target Mobile first, um, which it paid better, was the real appeal, and you also got commission, but it was like a different kind of job. Um, that's the sales position. So, anyway, she moved over, and I was like, hey, What's up? You got some got some jobs over there? And she was like, actually, yeah, go ahead and apply. And I ended up getting hired. I worked under her because we'd worked together successfully for like a year and a half prior to that. And other people would slack off and they wouldn't do what they were supposed to do. And she would come into the shift after them and be totally screwed over. Because if you don't do your work for eight hours, the person who comes in after you has to do your work. But I didn't leave her in those sorts of lurches. And she was like, hey, you're not a piece of human garbage. You should totally come work for me. And so that ended up working really well. I mean, I made more money. It transitioned into a good position for me. And then, then I left it to work here, but I would have left any job to work here. Yep. The thing is, even if you don't like someone, like you never know when they're, that connection is going to come in handy. Yeah. Someone might annoy the living daylights out of you, but you can't Mm -hmm. just be like, I hate you. Goodbye. Yeah. That's one thing you should always, no matter the situation, I, my goal is always, I want someone to walk away and say to someone else, she was a pleasure to work with. Yeah. I would work with her again. And that's really hard to say about people. It's hard. (sighs) What have we missed? Oh, time management. Time management. Yeah, we're not great at that. (laughs) I, but what skills I have, Mm -hmm. I learned from my part-time job. Because I always found, in some ways, part-time was easier for me because I had the same, you come in, you have the same responsibilities every day. Yeah. And at work, now we work in a tech company Mm -hmm. and it's always changing. And it's growing. And it's growing. Yeah, our responsibilities change. Um, Sometimes a bigger project will take up a part of the day. But at part-time job, you know, you have different responsibilities. You have to make sure you're taking care of customers. You have mm-hmm. to keep the shop picked up. You have to do yep. these other things. You have to restock the shelves. You have um, to make sure no one's shoplifting. Right. And so you have to balance all of that to make sure you're getting all mm-hmm. of your jobs jobs done. Projects. Pro- yeah, projects is what we call them at Target. Yeah. And that was really hard for me for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prioritization. Yes. The same boss that I love hated... So we would, we called it zoning, but at the end of the night, we would like clean up all the shelves and make sure everything was pulled forward. Um, and during the day I had given some awesome customer service. Like it was great, whatever. Like was very into it. I sold a bunch of stuff, but I hadn't had time to zone the shelves. So the store closed and I was zoning the shelves and I was in the store until like the store closed at 10. It was mm-hmm. in the store till midnight. Oh, my God. Because he was just like, I'll stay as long as you're staying. And he helped, but he was like, you've got to get this done. 
damn. He was like, it's got to be done. You can't just leave it a mess because then yeah. we're just behind. And I was like, fair point. Yeah. So I started working faster. That's like, so I worked at Belk for literally two weeks. Oh, you hated it so it much. It was miserable. I hated it. But we, so the store closed at 8 o'clock every single night. But we were forced to stay there and help every single department clean until the whole store was clean. Like, I worked in the children's department, and no one ever came over there because it's Belk. And so my place was, like, always clean. But I would have to stay there until literally 9 o'clock every night. Cleaning the junior section. it was miserable. Most times, yeah. yeah. A lot of times we would end up doing that, too, which also teaches you teamwork. It does. It's not about, there's no I in team. Right. Which sucks. We would sometimes have a manager who'd be like, just to teach the other sections a lesson. Like, if he, if one section had been, like, messing around all day instead mm-hmm. of doing work, he'd be like, I'm not making everyone stay. They have yeah. to stay. Y'all don't. But for the most part, it was, the store has to look good however it happens. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. But it's... Once again, it goes back to, that's not my job. Right. But it I is. If your boss says it is, it is. <laughs> so, hey, guys, remember one of the thousand times I've quoted the hard thing about hard things? Oh, God. <laughs> She's obsessed with that book. But there's, like, one part where um, the they're talking about someone who's ambitious for themselves versus ambitious for the company. Mm. And I feel like yep. my time at Target really taught me that you have to be ambitious for the company. Yep. Being ambitious for yourself, like your section might be great, but that's not going to get you out on time. That's mm-hmm. not going to help your store make goal. That's well, not gonna oh, help that's even happen. something I learned being on dance team for oh, so many years. Yeah. Because literally it's not like, it's not about you. Like, you might have to kick lower to You can the think you're the star, but then the girls behind you look like shit. And the whole thing looks like shit. Like, it's literally not about you. You all have to look uniform. Yeah, in band, we would, like, if mm-hmm. for some reason everyone couldn't nail something, we would have to cut it. Yep. Because if 25% yep. of the people did it, those 25% might look awesome, but the other 75 mm-hmm. suck. It's probably also why our CEO really likes um, sports people, athletes. Yes, because it, it's like the Marines. You literally, yes. you are trained to, like, live your life thinking it's not, you are not, like, and you have no identity. It's about the team. Yeah. Everything you do is for the team. And I even, honestly, to some to some extent, like, I'm sure this is actually a really good trait. I hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but sometimes, like, my boss will act, ask, like, what's your favorite part of your job? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just kind what? of do. Well, like, I know the parts that I like, but she's yeah. like, what part do you not like? And I'm like, well, I feel like it's all useful. Yeah. I like, like, I'm like, I'm fine with it. It's all fine. Yeah. Like, I'm working. Be like, is there anything you particularly, like, don't enjoy? And I'm like, my job. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, I'm like, it's all fine. She's like, well, do you like anything better? And I'm like, I like this one thing, but I don't know I what like that's I like working was. with Elise the best. <laughs> I have said that before. we're in love. I'm like, I don't want to work more with Elise <laughs> on Earth and Live. And, but what I always end up saying after is like, I don't know if that's the best way for me to be spending my time. It's like, I like writing, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best use of my time for the company. Yep. And that's... Yeah, that would be a hard lesson true. to learn. And that's what, that must, that's what makes you valuable as an employee is when an employee says, like, what can I do to bring value to the company? What can I do to help us make money? Yeah. Because it's I mean, not about what you want to spend your – like, what makes you happy and what you have fun doing. Because there are companies all the time that go bankrupt with, like, brilliant writers working for yeah. them or brilliant programmers or whatever. Like, you can be as brilliant as you want, but you don't want to work for a company that's failing. Yeah. Yikes. So, gotta be a team player. Yay, team. team, team. team. Go, team, go. Team. Woo. Haha. You're a cheerleader. <laughs> I was a bad cheerleader. <laughs> so, I didn't even go there. 
but I just, oh, it's so, it's so valuable. Like if you're listening to this and you're still in college, like go get a crappy part-time job. It also taught me to appreciate. Builds character. It taught me to appreciate my job. Yes. Like, yep. whoa, I'm not standing on my feet for eight hours a day. I, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> we can wear heels and like, it's fine. Like we sit down. <laughs> Like, I'm not getting some random stains on my khakis from cleaning up a random mess. I don't have to clean up anybody's vomit, you guys. And we don't have to deal with mean people, like, customers. And it's made me a better person in general because I think back to, like, when I'm there on Black Friday, I think back to when I worked Black yes. Friday. And I'm like, yes. okay, I know it's going to take a while. And You're no, going to be out of no this. tax weekend. Yes. Oh, my God. Tax weekend worst. the worst. But yeah, so you're more patient. It teaches you to just be a nicer person mm -hmm. to people who are working those jobs. Yeah. So we love part-time jobs. Go get one. Oh, one last thing. It also helps you with organization and balance. Because yeah. especially if you have a part-time job as a student, you're balancing your homework and tests and your social life and your job and your family and like whatever else you have going on. That's a lot. And you have it to look at you. it and you're like, Okay, my paper's due on Friday, but I work eight hours on a night shift on Thursday. I have to get this paper done on Wednesday. Yep. And you've got to really learn. Once again, time management. Can't procrastinate. Nope. Yeah, you learn so much. I think we should make a new rule that we don't hire anyone who doesn't have a like crappy part-time job. Ooh, that's a good rule. Is that legal? I don't think so. <laughs> so probably JK, but if it's legal, we're doing it. Hey, Obama, it. pass it before you leave. <laughs> Obama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we love part-time jobs, obviously. Obvi. Obvi. Which is to say they were not necessarily the best while we had them, but <laughs> now we're brilliant because of it. Yes. Humble brag. Um, what else do you love this week? This week, I am obsessed with Hey Honey skincare. So... Tell me about it. Okay, so I think I told you about this already. It was either you or Christine. One of you had this in your subscription box, and you got rid of it, and I took it. One of you brought it, you know how both of y'all yeah. have like brought stuff to work. Well, it was You're one of right. boxes. You did tell me this because I'm yes. convinced it wasn't me. Yeah, and so I took it and I just randomly found it in my bathroom one day and I tried it. And it's made with like actual honey. And so I thought it was going to be sticky and cakey and gross. But literally, it's the most amazing thing I've ever encountered in my life. My skin is so clear. <gasps> it's like, so I have really oily skin, but it hasn't been oily since I started using this. Whoa. Like, Oh, it's amazing. And it's so soft. That's so exciting. Now yeah. I want that. I'm just going to go find out how much it is and then buy it. It's expensive. I just bought some. I, I think it's like $40. <laughs> yeah. Hate but it's the, worth it. I hate the good moisturizers. I know. $40. I usually just get Olay from the drugstore. Even that's like 20 I know. Ugh. So yeah, that's what I love this week. What do you love? I love this week is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That show is just like bringing is it. Is it on right now? Yeah. Shit. <gasps> I haven't seen it. Elise. I watched season one. Oh my God. I know how many seasons have there been? Yeah. You watched just season, season one. one? Season oh, two like so is what's on right now. Okay. Um, it's because it runs like with Jane the Virgin, but Jane the Virgin is on like not. Oh yeah. And the CW doesn't put their shows on Hulu anymore. Thanks <laughs> CW. Hate you. I figured out that the Xbox One has a, has the CW app, but the most annoying thing, the video and the audio are not in sync. <gasps> no, I can't watch that. I can't deal with that. But it's so good. Oh my god! Like in the. Ugh. Is it better than season one? It's. I or like just it. Just as good. 
I like it better because Rebecca's being like, it's just as good for sure. But Rebecca's like stopped chasing Josh. Oh, thank God. I know. That was so unhealthy. <laughs> it's so bad. She's still not necessarily healthy, mm. but she's kind of got like more female friends mm-hmm. and she's like doing different. She's still a mess. Oh my God. Well, of course. But it's. That's it's what so good. gives her charm. And Petra was in it. Stop. Yael Grunabless. I don't the know season, name. The new season? Mm-hmm. She's in everything. She was on Rain. She was just a guest star, though. Like, it was just a oh. episode thing. Well, whatever. But it was still really funny. <laughs> it was so good. So what was your boss moment? So, my boss moment. <clears throat> I feel like I should put on my big girl pants just to, like, talk about my boss moment. It's <laughs> Is so it that great. good? that great she's no, being sarcastic i'm i'm never all that impressed with my boss moments but i a while back went to an intern presentation with our intern because they wanted like a professional from the company to come talk with the company whatever so i did this and i randomly reconnected with one of my eighth grade friends dad one of her dads <laughs> a dad of one of my eighth grade friends here we go Um, and he was like, oh, totally, like, you know, you're doing this, we should totally get back in touch, you know, follow up, whatever, um, business contact networking language, and I was like, yeah, 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 sure, like, I'll call you at some point. Well, so he, like, the actual professional grown-up that he is, is like, hey, so when are we gonna talk? Or, hey, this is my phone number. And so I'm actually following. And she's up a millennial, so she hates talking on the oh phone. Oh my god, I do. Like we talked, and he was like, "Yeah, just text me sometime." And I remember you were good at that because, like, I knew him when I was 13. Of course, I was good at texting. Um, yeah, so I texted him, and then he was like, "Well, let's make a time to call." <laughs> Always. I don't want to call you. That's like your life. Yes, it's, I don't want to talk on the phone, and everyone wants to talk on the phone with me. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting because it's like someone that I've like reconnected with, and then connected with on LinkedIn. And now we're actually going to, like, connect in real life. But at the same time, it's, like, cheating networking because it's my 8th grade friend's dad. It's still something. Still networking. It goes back to what we said earlier about who you, it's about who you know, mm-hmm. no matter how old you are or where you are in life. And he's way more, like, profession official than I am. Like, we're... Well, he's old. So. I would say we started at the bottom and we're middle-ish and he's, like, he's made it. He's all good. It's your boss moment. It's nice for you. Mine, it's not really like a boss moment. I mean, we just came back from Thanksgiving break, so like I'm still full of turkey. Um, but I actually, I made the decision to turn off my email notifications, and I didn't check my work email once over the holiday break. That's impressive. Yeah, because like I'm always up in my email. That's a boss moment in like work-life balance. Right. Yeah, so I achieved, I, I wouldn't call it a balance, but <laughs> I was just like all personal. I mean, that's good for a holiday, though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, I mean, and even, like, I got emails on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I know. Yeah, you did, too. So that was fun. Which I can't. I didn't email anyone on Thanksgiving. Guys, stop emailing on Thanksgiving. Don't do it. It's a holiday. That Don't bad. ask me to do things. Right, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Not even on Black Friday, really. And my family, like, we're both pretty big, like, family people. However, reluctantly, I may mm-hmm. fall into that category. So, like, for me, I I still totally stayed online, but, like, even my most workaholic intention mm-hmm. couldn't come to fruition because my family was like, 
no, yeah, come over here. Leah, Leah, Leah. And I was like, oh, I just want to work. And they were like, no. Yeah, no, I went completely off the grid. I should have. I was not reachable. Because instead I was like trying to like stir mashed potatoes <laughs> while responding to an email. That's not, it's not the life to live, you guys. Yeah. So Maybe next, next year you can try. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Duh. Christmas, Christmas. I literally, I forgot about Thanksgiving. I went to get my hair cut. <laughs> And the, it was the ah. week before Thanksgiving, and Lee, both of our hairdresser, she was like, so are you taking time off next week? And I literally, so when I get confused, I get, like, a really bitchy face. Yeah. So I'm sure she thought I was being a bitch, and I was like, why? Why would I do that? And she was like, it's Thanksgiving? I was like, oh. I could just picture this in my head, and it's so Because she's so, like, sugary sweet, and yeah. I was like, Why? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would have been. I would have been like, why would I take time yeah. off? <laughs> so now I forgot Christmas oh. is coming up too. So that's yeah, great. Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is coming. And then New Year's. Oh my God, we're gonna have a special New Year's episode for you guys where we, we pick our least favorite things that have happened in 2016 and our most favorite things. Yeah. So keep listening. Hang in there. Um, on the note of keep listening, bye y'all. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram with the hashtag mm-hmm. Just Eavesdropping and let us know. What you thought of the Gilmore Girls finale, either... If you didn't hate it, you're wrong. Well, I was going to say, whether you loved it or hated hated it, you're going to have one of us on your side. So you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. So reach out. Um, And if you had a part-time job, tell us what what it was, what you learned. Or if you learned all these things without a part-time job, tell us that we're going to think you're lying, but I bet you could persuade us. Yep. And don't forget to rate the eavesdropping podcast on itunes pretty please yes please and we have one review that shout out to uh, hayden lee we, we love, love you. you we're sending you a christmas gift for real it's gonna come in the mail i have to get her address first oh yeah send us your address <laughs> dm us yeah no for real because you're probably listening right now we love you so much we do um so yeah raise on itunes if you listen and you like it share it with like a friend mm-hmm. your friend will probably like us too why would you not? You're, we're super likable. <laughs> I was going to say you're super likable, which is more accurate. <laughs> not if you see my face. <laughs> if you just listen to this podcast, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, we're likable. We love you guys, and we love Gilmore Girls. Yep. Bye. Bye.